Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Agent Power Huddle. How's everyone feeling? Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I am your, your guest host for the day. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Craig Chastain. I'm a real estate broker here in Southern California. I'm super excited to have our guest on today. I was actually had the opportunity to meet this woman. I think it was about a month. It might have been two months ago. We were doing a, a really high-level mastermind in Texas, just outside of Dallas. And it was, it was a small group of us, you know, maybe a dozen or so people. We were really kind of diving deep, and she was sharing with us what she's doing. Um, and I was just kind of blown away. I said, I got to get you on Asian Powerhouse. So you can show us with, our, with, you know, with our family. So without further ado, I'd like to bring in Mariah Zunaga. How are you doing, Mariah? I am great. I'm great. Honored to be on here. Thank you for having awesome. me. Well, thanks for thanks for jumping on and thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, let's just jump right into it. But uh, before we do, just if you would just take a moment just to tell us a bit about yourself, you know, who you are, where you are, and kind of bring us up to speed on what your current business looks like. For sure. Um, so my name is Mariah Zuniga. I am a small team owner, just regular agent. Um, I have a small team of four. Um I've been in the business for five years now, and from the get-go, my business has been a social media and sphere, so just getting me to the point that I am right now and having the honor to be on here is social media plays a big part of my business and my team, and um, i seen the opportunity that there was inside my market, and I grabbed it by the bull on the horns and went, so um, just a little bit of insight. The past year of 2021, which I'm in a small town, so my price point's not like in California and stuff. So I'm not I'm not a big baller. But um, this past year, I wrote down numbers and stuff so that way I can tell y'all. But in 2021, um, I had a total of eight transactions that equaled 1.7 million just from social media. And so far this year, year to date, I'm at 11 transactions totaling 3.6 million. And that's just wow. the power of social media. It costs me nothing, just my time. So that's what's brought me here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. So obviously, the, you know, the title of the show was how to go from you know zero to a quarter million followers on TikTok, which is insane. <laughs> um, and let's, let's just jump right in. So I mean, TikTok specifically, how long ago did you start? You know, and and was your focus on growing it? Were you just putting content out there? Tell us a little bit about that. For sure. So it's actually kind of crazy. I had a marketing coach at a time and just social media was a big part of it. And I seen the avenue of TikTok. So I've only been on TikTok for a year. However, where the growth in the span of all of zero followers to 250,000 around that range, it was two to three months where it just shot off. And so what's crazy, and I'll give you all some nitbits and tips so you don't make mistakes like I did from the get go. But um, I just got onto it because it was another revenue of social media. It was underutilized at the point there wasn't anybody in my marketplace. And there was nobody really dominating on it. So I just got in my lane came up with my plan of action and systems and just kind of took off with it. That's awesome. 
And for, and for you guys watching live, if you have questions for Mariah, I mean, I'd love if you came off mute and just kind of just piped up or, you you know, you can put in the chat and I'll, I'll continue to, uh, to look there. But so you said, so two to three months when you took off, was it like, you know, you hear these different people where it's like, I had this one viral video, like the, the ocean spray guy, what was it like with dog face or something where he went from like nothing to like a bazillion followers. Was it something like that? Like you had like one viral video that took off or was it just consistency over time? Or what does that, what that looks like for you? So it was, um, consistent consistency over time. And that's where, when I mentor people and talk to them about social media, it's consistency. One is key with everything that you do, but the formula that I followed is four videos a day. I did four videos a day for two weeks and you have to like, I can go on whatever questions like batching content. Where do you find the content? How do you come up with the content? That's where the virality came from was the consistency of those four videos over the span of two weeks. Well, is that the same like frequency you follow now or is it, is it, or that was just you getting started? It was just when I got started and that's where I hit a wall is because when I was doing that many videos so consistently and I went from 250 to 250,000 I was flooded with leads with everybody coming in that I had them inside my link tree which leads to the systems of how to actually convert these people into money um there was a lender link on my website for them to go apply and it crashed their website like Guild Mortgage, there are people, it crashed their website that I got so much traffic and leads and people that I, I shut down. Like I had to step back because I didn't have systems at that time. So yeah, <laughs> it, wow. it kind of went, yeah. That, that's crazy. So, so now moving forward, because I, I, I'm following you on a number of different social platforms. What, what's your cadence um, as far as content now? Are you, it sounds like you're not following the the four day for two weeks. No. <laughs> I'm not. And I just had a meeting with my coach yesterday and he kind of whipped me in gear on it that I needed to get more consistent at it. Um, just because it is a, it's a full-time job on it. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I'm okay. Sorry. I had a book coming. Um, so right now I batch content content on Mondays and I write scripts on Fridays. Now, part of my hour of power is because social media is so big is I take 30 minutes out of my day and I love on people. I comment on people. I DM them. And so that's part of just the algorithm of the social channels. So consistently, I'm trying to at least get out at least one video a week consistently on each channels. Okay. And, and to touch on that, are you making like, do you make a specific video for TikTok versus Instagram or are you kind of cross you know, commingling the content or is it, are you, are you making videos specific for each platform? Good question. Um, so at first, when I do the four videos a day, when I first started, what they've told me, my coach at the time was they don't need to be the same four videos. You need to figure out different styles of the video. If it's a house tour, is it, if it's educational, if you're lip singing, whatever the deal on, like the song, you need to figure out four different types of videos and throw them out that day. And whichever one caught traffic, that was my niche. That's what my platform was going to be around because that's what more people were gravitating towards me. Now on my Instagram, I do more educational, sit down, talk with you, give you a spill for 30 seconds. 
because my TikTok people don't really like that. They like more of the funny aspect, short, quick, seven to 10 seconds. This is the phrase of it versus me sitting here talking. So they're different of what I post on TikTok versus what I post on Instagram. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that was, that was one of my questions as well. Cause I know like, you know, there's certain things that trend, like certain songs that go with mm-hmm. dances. Like I know. So you said consistency is the most important thing. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so how important is it to then do like what's trending and hashtags and things like that? Is that equally as important or how would you, how would you rank those items? So I, I don't necessarily do like the trending hashtags. I do the hashtags that correspond with my stuff. So you'll see a lot realtor, real estate, buying a home, house, buying tips, selling my home. Um, I use those hashtags and on trending sounds, I'll go through into the music and use trending music that way. However, you scroll on TikTok and social media as it is and how I do to come up with my content ideas and just have a knowledge bank set aside for when I write scripts on Fridays is if you're scrolling and you hear a sound at least three times, save it. And then go back when you start batching that content and use that sound. Because even though it may, when you look at the sound, it'll show it's been used like 250,000 times. The sweet range on if something's about to really track is between 2,000 and 5,000 videos made. So if you can catch it early, you have a better chance of going viral on your videos. So if I'm when I scroll, I'm either screenshotting it. If I like what the content was and I seen it got some good traffic, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna rip off and duplicate that. Or I send the video to my um, my TikTok inbox. So it just sends it to me. So that way it's easier for me to get the inspiration that I liked. Um, so I do it that way. But the biggest training sounds are great. Don't post if you're doing real estate. Don't do hashtag Dr. Pepper Enterprise. You want to engage with the people that are interested with the stuff you're actually putting out there. Okay. Awesome. And so, so obviously, you know, TikTok is a global platform. How do you, or how would, how do you, or how would someone like myself or someone watching, how would they make it, you know, look locally? I mean, you talked about you crashed your, 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 your lender's website. You get so many leads. How do you, how do you take that global reach, but niche down to what's local? Is that hashtags? Is it your messaging or how, how are you able to do that? So that's where I said, like at first, the mistake I made of getting flooded so much as I didn't have that in place. And so I got people all over the world. And um, I'm very heavy on Linktree. It's free if none of y'all have used it before. It's in my social bio channels. And in my Linktree, what helps me separate is I have landing pages and I have links for them to contact me. I have PDFs. And to separate people that are local versus not here is... There is just a Google job form. It doesn't cost you anything. And I ask them, are you looking to buy or sell in Texas? And if they say yes, it leads them to a spot on my website where I get direct communication with them or my team does. If it's no, they go into a different spot and I work on pre-qualifying them, going through them and sending them out for referrals. And Uh, so... Yeah. And so you have to separate those two to really see, especially when you get so busy with the overwhelming of social media of who's your hot people that are local that you can help right now and then follow up to kind of get that referral basis going. 
So are you, are you, are you getting a lot of agents, agent referrals? Are you, are you passing a lot of those out with the people that are not local to your market? I am. I am. I just referred um, just in the past week two people out, which is Northern Dallas area because I I don't have the time and I don't want my agents going up there. Um, Tyler as well of Crapton in Houston and Austin, because if they're in Texas, I really try to give them the most of my knowledge and time versus if they're looking in California or so, just because I can connect them with my lender and I for sure know what's going on if they're in Houston. Got but it. yeah. So do you get a lot? Of, do you get a lot of out-of-state people reaching out to you for advice, tips, questions, all that? I do. Yeah. Just because they go into the home, just the tips that I post are very generic. There's some of them, if you go into the details of um, like lending guidelines and stuff, I'll let them know like, hey, things may be different in Texas than they are in California or in Washington. So check with your agent on that. But I get people all the time that, ask questions that aren't even in Texas, but they're interested in buying, they're interested in selling. And I'm always like, Hey, drop in my link or connect with me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. That's awesome. So I, I got, I got to imagine you really kind of grown your referral network yeah. nationally. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's awesome. I'm and always you, looking for others too. <laughs> do you know, right? Do, do you know off the top of your head, like how many referrals say in the last 12 months you've given out just from social media? No, I, I have my Excel spreadsheet. So when I first started it within, um, it was two months. I had about 600 leads coming just off of social media channels. And so filtering through those. 600, like 600 people that wanted to buy or sell. Yes. Yes. And so they auto populated. That's, I had to go through like five different systems and sit down with my broker and say, what do I do? How do I handle it? I'm losing stuff because that, in a two months span of having that stuff and not having anything in place, there was a lot of money left on the table. Yeah. And so it, it's with anything that you do before you start doing it, you want to have a plan and not just to do it, but in your systems to follow up as well, or what's the point of doing it. Um, so referral basis out right now. Um, I said, I've sent about two this past week. And I think in total of the past 30 days, some of them are waiting just because the market's so hectic. Um, I would say about year to date, anywhere from seven to 10 right now. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so tell us, we, we kind of touched on it as far as your systems, you know, going to your link tree and doing the, the Google form or whatever that was. Uh, did you have like an admin full time that, that's kind of running this in the back for you or kind of talk about um, like that that's will, the back end of it, if you would. Yeah. I wish I did um, that me and my coach just talked yesterday about hiring a virtual assistant because a lot of these things can be outsourced of you batching your content, putting them in a Google drive folder and let them know, Hey, these are the videos and the captions that need to go here. Um, and the follow-up systems and everything. I don't have enough people right now that I wish I did to outsource it. I'm doing a lot of it myself within a little bit of my power hour and after hours looking into it. Okay. So, I mean, so you, you said 600. I mean, that to me, that sounds like a ton of people. Like how did like you, so you physically went through and, and, and are, are these just to define these, are these just messages with questions? Are these actually people like trying to get out these, there and yeah. do something for the next 90 days? Yep. So in the form that I have, it asks them, you know, who you are, what's your number, what's your email, what's your mailing address, 
when are you looking to buy? What area are you looking to buy? And what state are you looking to buy in? So that way, when I went to the form, I could organize it by, okay, these people are looking in for Texas and they're looking in my area. I'm going to contact these people first. And then I just filter that way. So I know exactly who, and I'm not like, okay, they're looking at Florida and I have a Corsicana lead, like 75 people down that's sitting there for two days. And yeah. so I try to organize the sheets and systems that I have that if it's one finger click, I know exactly where they came from, what their motivation is, how quickly are they looking to move? What questions do they have? So that way, when I hop on the phone call, I can say, you know, hey, I know you found me on TikTok and I know your questions was X, Y, Z. Let's talk about it. So that's how I handle that. And so you said it's a Google form that's on your link tree. Is that what you, what you use? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are we yeah, able to have a basic uh, Google form with it? Can we, can we go to your link tree and R&D yeah. rip it, rip off and duplicate? <laughs> Most definitely. My link tree, go ahead. Um, videos, go ahead. Um, my link tree also on the form is great. Some people, they may not necessarily want to automatically enter their information. However, if you want to be more hyper local with what you have on my link tree, if you looked at it, I have PDF guides of um, rendered a home buyer within 90 days, tips on selling. So PDF guides are great if people just want to grab and go. And also on my buyers, I put in trackable links of homes for sale on Richland Chambers Lake between this price and this price. And mm-hmm. they automatically shift them over to my website. So I know they're actively searching and interested in that area. And they automatically drop my CRM and me and my team contact them. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, would you say like outside of your, you know, your current sphere and your past clients and whatever referrals you get, like, is this like, so is, is that all you're doing or are you doing other things outside of social media and, and sphere and past clients? So I get a lot from the sphere and out, uh, past clients. I have gotten more and I was like, I don't know what the Lord's blessed me with just in the past two weeks. So I was like telling my coach, I don't know what has happened, but I'm getting come list me calls because they're like, I see you everywhere. Um, I've been getting at least a, Hey, um, I want you to list my house between some point every single day in the past two weeks. And it's from listings, picking up the exposure because in the community, I'm different where I'm at. I'm covered in tattoos. This is how I dress on a daily. I'm in an old money town. And so I try to be very involved in the community, which is a lead source for me. Um, I just picked up a buyer and a seller totaling their price point would total 1 million from being the team mom at my kids' games. So I'm very involved and active in my community, the board of realtors. I serve on the board. Um, I do some Google paper clicks to bring in stuff for the lead or for the team, but I'm really heavily on trying to get the face-to-face interaction. And video has been like the easiest and most effective and fastest way to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. You, you brought up, I wanted to touch on this. Obviously your, your handle is the Texas tattoo realtor. So obviously you got tattoos. I know like, yeah. it, it seems like the, the, the times are changing, but I know when I started real estate 13 years ago, you know, if you had tattoos, you always wore a long sleeve shirt. You didn't show them. You always dressed, you know, yeah. a certain way. And, and so, so tell us a little bit about that. Like, I mean, is your your ideal client? They're expecting you to be you, right? Dress how you dress, yeah. show your tattoos, and all that. Tell us a little about that. Okay, so 
that's actually a funny one because I, I get asked that a lot. And sure enough, just a couple weeks ago, I had someone I love dearly that's probably going to watch the podcast actually come up to me and apologize for um, some advice I got at one point of if I wanted to move up in price points or do better, I needed to cover up. And um, I I did the exact opposite. I think a couple weeks later, I was like, balls to the wall. I'm Texas tattooed realtor, like hashtags, t-shirts, all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to be me because if someone doesn't like me, I don't want to work with them. And so out of my whole five years, I've only had one person not want to work with me because of my tattoos. And, but everybody else that I've come in contact with and just they appreciate it. They appreciate that I'm me. If I show up and how I'm dressed, I'm laid back. I really try to get that personal connection. And it's always almost a conversation starter. They're like, oh, you got that? Hey, I got this one 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, so it's different. I'm going against the grain of the area that I'm in. And I think that's what you have to do as an agent anyways. There's so many of us. And so whatever can kind of set you apart, you go with it. And that's just what I did. I just embraced who I am. I can't take them off. So I might as well just showcase them and make them a part of the brand. Awesome. And like, so like a tire specifically, we talked about this before. I mean, you, you wear a lot of tracksuits. Like, so when you're yeah. going to listen to are you, are you still dressing up, but showing your tattoos? Or are you just, just kind of showing up like, like you are today? No, I, it depends what it is. Um, a lot of people, if I get come list me some stuff, I'll wear jeans and wear a t-shirt and stuff. If it's out showing buyers and it's not like a first appointment, I kind of play it ear to ear with who I'm meeting to see how I need to kind of present myself, but never have I gone into my closet and said, okay, I need a jacket so I can cover up my stuff. I, I have blazers and I'll roll my sleeves up on purpose because it's like, I don't want anything to come off alarming. If it is a turnout for them, I'd rather squish it right there and then and address any concerns or any questions that they may have. So I dress to fit the clientele if it's farm and ranch, if we're going to look at land or investment properties, but never purposely to cover up my tattoos or anything. That's awesome. And so was that, was that how you were day one? Did you kind of evolve into that or what did, I mean, tell us um, about I, that. So from, from day one going in, I tried to fit in. I seen what other agents were doing. They were dressed real nice down here. Um, and nobody kind of wore jeans and a t-shirt to go to showing appointments or out and about. They wore their name tags everywhere. And so I tried to fit the part. I dressed up and wore dresses and I wore skirts and I wore stuff to cover up. If, you know, I got advice of if you want to move up in price points or you want to do this, maybe you should present yourself differently. And so I got that and I tried probably for a few months and it just, it wasn't fun and enjoyable anymore at that point. So I said, I just went against the grain and was like, it's, this is what I'm going to be. I provide value like I I provide value more than probably any other agent in the area consistently out to the community just to give it. And so if they like it, they'll gravitate towards me regardless of what I look like and what I have on my body. So so for you, was it like a flip of a switch? Like you went from dressing up to the next day 
you're like how yep. you are right now or what or did yep. you kind of you kind of ease into it no i just i went straight into it i think i actually went through my closet and sold a bunch of stuff that I wasn't going to wear. And I'm like, well, I go, I work out right now in the middle of my day, but even before it's, I sold a lot of stuff. If I'm going to an events, I'll get something to dress up nicer. But it, like right now to this point, I think I'll close that. I will actually show my tattoos. Like I don't like t-shirts up here. I'll get a V-neck instead. So, but yeah, it was like an overnight switch of this is what, they won't like the society looks at and thinks realtors are supposed to be and look like, and this is what I'm going for. And did you, when you, when you made that transition, was there any short-term loss in business or it was just status quo increasing moving forward? It actually increased going moving forward. I said, if people, I gained a different clientele, not necessarily like bikers and tattoo people, but it, I gained people where I didn't have to try as hard. I didn't have to try to gain them so much. It was, it gives off a lot to people that I'm more approachable is what I get. You're more approachable. I feel like I could talk to you more that if I was sitting somewhere out, they'd approach me over someone that was dressed suit and tie sitting next to me. So I wouldn't say it slowed down if anything picked up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. Uh, some people were asking, what's your TikTok handle? So I put in the chat, uh, Texas yep. Tattoo Realtor. Is it the same on Instagram as well? Or yep. is it? Yeah, okay. it's the same on Instagram. On Instagram, it's underscore between the Texas and the tattooed because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to buy some girl's handle because she ain't used it in a while. Gotcha. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, well, I got a couple more questions. So going, going back to like the video... Um, itself, I, I, you, I believe you said you you write scripts on Friday, you mm -hmm. shoot video Monday, and then mm -hmm. you, you batch them. So how many like how many videos you're shooting, and how much time is involved in the actual production of the video itself? Awesome! I'm so glad. Yes. So it used to take a couple hours. However, the system that I use is very. I wrote it down because I wanted y'all to get this because it has saved me so much time when it comes to this. So when I'm looking at, like I said, I scroll daily for inspiration. I'm on there anyways. And so when you write your scripts and you batch it on Mondays, I use a platform called Big BU. And it's like an app on your phone. It's free. It's, it's a teleprompter is what it is. And so when I go through and I have my scripts, I upload it into Big BU and I can shoot two weeks worth of videos within 30 minutes. It's just straight looking into wow. it, go ahead and go through it, looking into it, go ahead and go through it. And the words are in front of you. So you're not rambling. You're not wasting time. It's to the point. There's no mess ups. Um, so I use Big BU to help me with prepping my content. Like I said, I don't pay for it, it's free, but after that, I download it from that app and then I edit it into InShot. You can do that or you can send it out to Upwork, which is what I'm about to start doing to save you some time. And they can edit your video, put captions, whatever it is on there for you. But using Big BU, I do about 30 minutes to an hour of shooting. And okay. I have about two weeks worth of the content already in there. So you said, so two weeks worth of content, about two hours, is that what you said? Just an hour. I booked an hour, an hour. Okay. just because when I use Big BU, I can knock them out pretty quick. Okay. 
And so, so when you say content, is that one video, like how many, how many actual videos, um, separate are you shooting in that hour? I usually shoot, it's about average of 12 right now. Cause I'm at like one video a day. And okay. so I'm at about 12. My okay. TikTok videos go a lot quicker than my Instagram because my Instagram ones I'm sitting and talking on my TikTok ones. It, if I'm lip singing, it's taking a couple seconds. I already have the sound saved and I've already screenshotted the idea of what I wanted on it. So those don't take too long, especially if it's a trend and you're falling over a chair and you're just explaining this is what happens in the real estate market. Those are easier to do, but the batching content part of the educational side is like that hour time frame. And I got to imagine you're just bringing different tops and bottoms and messing with their hair during each one. No, no <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is what I look like. And I was told, cause I get that question a lot of, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to look like on camera. And I had that hesitancy starting out. However, my coach told me one time, 80% of people either don't like you, they don't care. They don't care what your hair looks like. They just, they don't care about the content you put out. 20% of people do. They want to see you. They want to hear what you got to say. So you got to forget about the 20 or the 80 and you got to do it for the 20. And so when I developed that mindset that so many people are going to watch this, they're not going to care like what I have to say. They're not going to like me, but these 20 do. And these 20 are going to tell somebody else. These 20 are going to invest in me. These 20 are going to show up. So I'm just going to show up as me for them. And so funny story of you saying, did I fix my makeup and stuff? I'll give you two examples. So when I first started going viral on TikTok, I was a hoodie and a hat. Usually I wear a hat every day. And so I showed up at our Starbucks here in the small town and they're like, you're the girl from TikTok. And I'm saying, I had a hoodie. I looked homeless. I had sweat. <laughs> I looked homeless. And it's because I just show up. If I have a video, I don't care what I look like. I think one time I had a nose hair or something. And they're like, you got nose hair? I'm like, go ahead. You're boosting my algorithm and my stuff. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> but then there's another example. I went to our local tea shop in town. And I was wearing pants and I was wearing a blazer. My blazer was pulled up. And I could feel someone staring and I turned and I was like, hey, how are you? And he's like, I thought that was you, but I had to check your tattoos to make sure. <laughs> and it's like, if I dress up, most people don't recognize me unless I'm showing my tattoos. Yeah. But if I dress like I am now, they can notice me. And they're like, that's Mariah. You know, that's the girl from TikTok. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So now we're kind of getting up on time. But I had one last question with regards to sure. equipment. I mean, are you doing... Just iPhone, do you use a microphone? Like what type of setup do you do you have? So I have from the get-go just picked up my phone, used my phone. Um, I was gonna see if it worked in here. Uh, girls at the office and stuff. This thing is so handy. I can find the link if we can share it. It's just off of Amazon and it's a microphone. I think it costs less than 50 bucks too. And you just plug it into the bottom of your phone and you clip it on and the sound is awesome. Like you can hear you so much better, even if you're far away from the phone. Um, I'm starting to use this on doing videos. I purchased a gimbal for property tours, trying to still figure that thing out. Anyways, from the get-go, I've just used my phone. I've not used any fancy stuff. I'm in my car because it's the greatest lighting if I shoot videos. So 
stand in front of a window, use your iPhone. You don't need anything special. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, I appreciate all the information. I mean, we could, I mean, we, we should have you back on and really kind of unpack some of this stuff. Cause really, I think you just scratch the surface. I think we really probably yeah. get deep on this, but really appreciate your time. Any, any last minute thoughts or anything you want to just, you know, uh, just tie it all in. Um, I'm just honored to be on here. And my only advice to y'all is be yourself. Oh no. <laughs> that was the last minute advice. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, let's give it a second. Yeah. If not, we can just uh, wrap it up with be yourself. Awesome, guys. Make it a great day. You guys take care. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.